Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast where we discuss everything in college football, NFL, Chicago Bears, Illini sports, you know, uh, college basketball, a little bit of NBA, not too much, just a little bit. Um, we also discuss TV show, just just everything, just everything. But sports-wise, we discuss everything in sports. Uh, please hit the like button and subscribe button to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Be greatly appreciated. The podcast can be listened to anywhere you listen to your podcast, literally anywhere. So please, whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, if you could go find this and follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Also check out ColorCast. I am recording this podcast and I'm also on ColorCast. ColorCast is a... App only for Apple right now. It'll be trying to come out for Android and Samsung and everything else where you can go on and have debates, topics. It started off as you could uh, commentate games and you still can every single sporting event out there you can commentate on or you could do live podcasts like I'm doing right now. I am live on ColorCast. So go check it out. It's for Apple right now. It will be out for Samsung and everything soon. They're working hard on it, but it's a movement that you need to get a part of. 
you can go on there and add a co-cast or a hot seat, anything like that. So go check it out. The podcast is also brought to you by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. If you head to bellyupsports.com, check out all the podcasts and blogs and everything there. Uh, betting season is in full swing, and if you go to mybookie.ag to make your same game parlays, in-game bets, money lines, all that, especially today with the college football playoff happening, you're probably going to want to go make a bet soon. Um, if you go to mybookie.ag and use the code BELLYUPFANTASY, all one word, and it's your very first time, it's going to double your first deposit with that code. It is free money. Everybody loves free money. So go check that out. Um Get some free money. And the podcast is brought to you by Coach Stone Football and his Back to the Basics books and drill manuals. Uh, there's He's got books on every drill you can imagine, uh, books on strength and conditioning, game planning, offense, defense, uh, everything. I know his very first book is over 600 pages. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all the books. He's got so many things for everything. If you're a football coach like me, you're heading into your offseason. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, you will literally never have to look up another football drill again, I promise. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So, diving in. Today's the day. I hope everyone's having a good holidays, good Christmas, whatever you celebrate at home, you're, you're, you're enjoying it. You're with friends, family, and, and whatever you're doing. And we're coming into the new year. It is New Year's Eve. We're heading into 2022. And today's a great day to be a sports fan. Today's the college football playoffs. We have Alabama Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, versus the Cincinnati Bearcats. And then we will have the Georgia Bulldogs face off against the Michigan Wolverines, who surprised a lot of people this year and making the playoff uh, and winning the Big Ten, beating Ohio State. Uh, but first, we are going to have Alabama versus Cincinnati. I already talked about this, but we're going to talk about it again. Cincinnati Cincinnati has had a good year. You know, they're undefeated. They did really well last year until they lost to Georgia in the bowl game, but they competed. People still say today that Georgia or Georgia should have lost to Cincinnati. But realize that Georgia had a lot of guys missing. Tons of guys missing. Um so they are kind of saying, well, moral victories, you know. As a coach, moral victories are very, uh, I don't know. I, I like moral victories because if you're a team that's lesser and you're playing a team that's way better than you, has you know the facilities, uh, more guys on your team, so and all that stuff, and you play well against them, you only lose by a field goal or seven or whatever, or you're seeing good things happen in that game, it's a quote-unquote moral victory. But at the same time, it's like what you also lost – so Cincinnati went on this that you know ah it's a moral victory we played them really well Georgia was out a couple starters because they wanted to sit out of this bowl game so we technically won right kind of like UCF self proclaiming them the national championship you know the national champions when they were undefeated for two years and they didn't make the playoff um, Cincinnati broke through and made the playoff. They are the first non-Power 5 to make the playoff. So congratulations to them. Now, Cincinnati, you've got to be careful what you wish for. You know, you were going to play some really good team, but who knew you were going to have to play, you know, the Jedi Master, Nick Saban, and Alabama first. But be careful what you wish for. 
Now, Alabama was on the verge of not making the playoff because of their loss to Texas A&M and all crash course headed to playing Georgia. And Georgia, what was it, about week three, they had been self-proclaimed and by the media the best team in college football because of the way Alabama had been playing. Now, Alabama is younger. They lost a lot of linemen. Their offensive line had to gel together. Quarterback was going to be no issue. Bryce Young, you know, has been playing balls out. That guy has ice in his veins. He, yeah, he's, he's nothing messed, nothing worries that guy. Nothing gets under his skin. I don't even know if Coach Saban in practice gets under his skin. So you didn't worry about that. You didn't worry about playmakers that they had. But what you worried about was, okay, what kind of running backs are we going to have? And what kind of offensive linemen are we going to have? You're not going to have, you know, these NFL guys in front of you like you did last year. It's going to be young. And offensive linemen have to gel. That's a position outside of a quarterback and a wide receiver. Like you hear – if you guys ever listen to like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers talks about him and Devontae Adams and them. They could have this, they could just look at each other and know, okay, I'm going to run this route. You see this defense? Yeah. And that's a very important relationship. That's a very important um, dynamic that you do have to have. But offensive line, there's five of them. They have to gel. And I've said this a million times. Offensive linemen and the coaches have their own language. I could go talk a special language to another offensive line coach, and we're going to know exactly what we're talking about. I could go in and talk to a quarterback coach who never coached offensive line and start talking in the same language as I would an offensive line coach, and he's going to go, are you speaking Spanish, French? What is this? Like, ah, I'm getting punked. Like, what are you talking about? Offensive line, they all have to gel together. They have to communicate and they have to understand what's about to happen. They're going to get everybody's best shot. So you're going to get exotic-looking defenses. You're going to get movement. You're going to get stunts. And there's been times in this Alabama regular season where you've seen this line get pushed around, pushed backwards. Um, You've seen pass protections. At least I've seen when you look at pass protections. Now, again, I don't have the – this is going back from watching the games all year. I try to watch every single one. There's been stunts that happen on the inside, and there's just miscommunication between guard and center or guard and tackle – and then there's times they played really well. It's just it was just been inconsistent. So over the course of the year, they have said Georgia's the best team. And then just a lot of things been said about Alabama. They said Alabama's not going to win the championship this year. They're not going to beat Georgia. Georgia's too good. Their defense is too good. Alabama's offense, they never really, you know, even though the offensive line had those struggles, they have playmakers. They have this quarterback that could help out. But then where they really talked about him was their defense. We are used to seeing Dominant defenses. And Nick Saban, I think, probably still has the mentality of... Nick Saban, I think, understands that it's not the same as it used to be where the goal on the board is we're going to hold this team to 100 yards or 20 yards rushing, and we're going to hold them to zero points. Well, that that's not realistic anymore because of the rules, how offensive offenses have adapted and how they've changed. And he understands that, and that's why you've seen them go from a I-formation pro style to, okay, we're going to go no huddle. We can go up-tempo. We can do RPOs. We could throw it around. Like, he understands that. And he understands on defense, if they're going to give up some yards, they're going to give up some yards. But they just can't give up the points. So Alabama this year, they have really... 
got on their defense because they have given up, I think, just a handful of points more than they did last year. They Their defensive line seems smaller. They get pushed around a little bit. And then their linebackers quite aren't making the same plays they did the year before. Now, again, you're replacing a lot of graduates and a lot of NFL players. Now, Alabama's going to replace them better than anybody. But they just don't have, didn't have the same size. Uh, sometimes they do look kind of confused just from the outside looking in. Now, if Nick Saban ever, God forbid, hears this, he'd probably, you know, he'll strip. Tell me why. But as a coach, you look at it and you see like this communication, whether it's they're confused, whether it's they're making too many checks because they let their guys make checks, whether, whether that's happening or not. And then at the end of the day, they just got to make plays. So that's been the knock on Alabama is can they stop anybody? Well, when they go against Georgia, is their front six or seven going to be able to combat Georgia's? Uh, Texas A&M's offensive line and defensive line linebackers played very well against Alabama. So that's been the knock on them. Their safeties and corners have been fine, but it's been all that. And then just how many close games Alabama has been in, which is what we're going to talk about with Alabama and Cincinnati. Now, I've already done a whole topic on this, a whole podcast. Cincinnati, you got to be careful what you wish for. So we'll do Alabama, then we'll do Cincinnati. Alabama has had a tougher schedule because it is the SEC now. The SEC is not doing too hot in bowl games, but a lot can be talked about that, whether it's they're getting beat up during the regular season. So when they get to these bowl games, um, you know, they've got guys out with injuries, you know, they're tired, whatever it is. They're not going to make excuses, but is it something like that where week in and week out, besides a couple of non-conference, they're just playing really good teams outside of like Vanderbilt and everything, but you're playing – Alabama, even though LSU had down year, playing Alabama, LSU, Mississippi State, Auburn, who had a bad year, but there's times they played really well. Texas A&M, who played better. Florida, up until like halfway through the year, played really well. Like They almost beat Alabama, so they've done really good things. So it comes down to the, all that. So Alabama's had a tougher schedule. Um, we're going to look at Alabama. Like I said, we've done this before, but let's do it again just, just for kicks. You know, They start off the year with Miami, who had a bad year, but at the time... Good athletes. They were 14 in the nation. Beat them pretty good, 44 to 13. Then they played Mercer. Now, here's where people are saying, well, they're playing Mercer. Their games, Nick Saban will straight up tell you, one of these teams is going to beat an Alabama type, and we've seen it before. And you've got to realize some of these are scheduled so many years out. So they, their non conference was Mercer, um, University of South Missouri, I believe it's USM, and uh, New Mexico State. And they beat those teams pretty good. But if you look at who they – and then Miami. But if you look at who they played in SEC, Florida, who they only beat by two, Florida was a field goal away from winning. And at the time, Florida was playing pretty well. They're number 11 in the nation. Then they beat Old Miss, who Old Miss was a couple plays away from being the conversation of a football playoff who has a Heisman Trophy, like, you know what I mean? Like, they have a Heisman Trophy candidate, they have Lane Kiffin. Okay. Then they lose to Texas A&M, who I said the front seven of their defense played well, but Alabama still scored 38 points. But this is where they had these conversations about Alabama's defense then. This is where it really spiked up and said, well, they couldn't handle Texas A&M's offensive line. How are they going to handle a Georgia or whoever? Then they play Mississippi State, who has been up and down this year. Beat them pretty good. Then they beat Tennessee, who I think is going to be up and coming with their offense and the way they were able to handle their offense this year, but they beat them. 
LSU played tough. Once they knew Ed Odron was not coming back, it like flipped a switch, and LSU played everybody pretty good. And only beat LSU by six. And then played Arkansas, who did a lot better, and beat them by seven. And then played Auburn, which took a couple overtimes, and ended up beating them by two. So when you were going into that Georgia game, it was really hard as, you know, podcasters or in the media to not really look at it and say, okay, like, why are they not walloping teams? But when you take a step back and look at it, even Nick Saban said, oh, because we're not beating teams by 50, we're a bad team. Or because we're not beating teams by 30 to 40, 50, we're going to lose to other teams. We're not doing this. And this is what sucks when you have one of the best offenses we've seen the year before, then to come into this year, that's the standard. But we do have to come into each and every year and say, okay, this is going to be a different offense. Even though we might run the same plays, you might see similar things, it's going to be different. So coming in, we may not be teams by 40. We may not be teams by 30. Other guys are going to play better, but we put Alabama so high, that's the standard. And so he gets frustrated with that, understandably so. But when you do look at it, you go and wonder, and the reason why I'm not going to go through every team's schedule, the reason why you bring this up is because you look at who they play and who they play and who those guys played and how those games go, and it's a whole thing. And I've already researched it. We're not going to do it again. It takes a lot of time. So that's why. So going into the Georgia game, I think I was one of the only people that said Alabama's going to win. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be close. Alabama's going to win. They come in and beat Georgia 41-24. The defense did step up. And they kind of knew. They knew. Okay. My friend Nick Davis, Coach Nick Davis, he's the head football coach at Ottawa University in Kansas in a NAIA school. He was a defensive coordinator at Rose Holman for a while. He's worked at Michigan and worked at other places. He told me on his defense they have to win, I believe he said, 10 plays. If they can win 10 plays or 10 possessions, I don't remember exactly, but if they got to win, this is how they're going to beat teams. And I think that's what Alabama did. They said, okay, if we can win probably three to ten somewhere possessions and our offense can score, we will be good. Right? And we'll talk about Georgia here in a minute, but they come in and beat Georgia. So now Alabama's number one in the country. You have, you know, ice in his veins quarterback Bryce Young. You've got playmakers. Offensive line started to gel. The defense just knows, okay, we got to fly around and make plays. We just got to play. Dangerous. Okay, so let's talk about Cincinnati. Cincinnati, first non-Power 5. First non-Power 5. And I said be careful what you wish for, okay, because your schedule is not the same. I talked about who Alabama plays. Now the SEC is not doing too hot in bowl games, and it, it is what it is. But you look at the regular season, bowl games nowadays are out of control. Well, not out of control. They're out there because of who sits out, um, coach changes, Whatever. The the bowl games are important. You know, people talk about how bowl games are very important, but players look at it not important. They don't want to get hurt. What's the point in playing and all that stuff? As a coach, you take every game important, and there's players that are not going to go to the NFL. It's the last time they can play. So that's why bowl games are important, in my opinion. I believe Matt Corral came out and quoted that he would not be the type of player he is today without his teammates so why would he not play in the bowl game which I respect and all that but so Cincinnati be careful what you wish for let's look at there I've already done this but we're going to do it again 
their schedule. Miami of Ohio, Mercer, not Mercer, uh, Murray State. Then you play Indiana, and then you beat Indiana. Now, kind of at the time, that's a good win because of Indiana's season last year, but Indiana had a rough go. But you beat a Power 5 conference team, but it's Indiana. Okay. What people are holding on to with the Cincinnati team is the Notre Dame win, which you, you can hold on to that, but you better beat other teams bad. They beat Notre Dame, who's number nine, 24 to 13. Okay. Hold on to that. Then you beat Temple, who, whatever. You beat UCF. Okay. You know, it's a Gus team. They win nine games, I believe, this year. They win their bowl game. They do better than Auburn. Great. You beat them. Then you play a Navy team. You only beat them by seven. That could be talked about how their offense and the clock control and all that. Then Tulane, you don't beat hard, but Tulane's a good team. But you're supposed to, in my opinion, wallop teams. Okay. Then I always go back to the Tulsa game because I watched it and you did not show up to play that game. You are about three Tulsa bad play calls away from losing that game because you are on your own one or two. You run a quarterback sneak. You fumble the ball. And I don't know what the hell it's two-lane play calling was. I don't like to call out coaches for plays. But my God almighty and a half, those were some of the worst play calls. You only beat them 28-20. to Then USF played you close, and you finally pulled it away. You beat SMU pretty good. ECU, you should have beat by more. Then you beat Houston, who goes on to beat Auburn. So now it looks like a good win. But at the time, they don't play that, so whatever. So when you compare schedules and you compare who plays who, Cincinnati held on to that Notre Dame win. Now, I said this before. In order for Cincinnati to um, get into the playoff, they needed a lot of things to happen. Okay, They needed a lot of things to happen. And they did. They got those things to happen. So, first non-Power 5, I think they kind of did because they, they had to. They've been undefeated. They did beat Notre Dame. They're holding on to that as tightly as they can. And because over the years of the Boise State of the world not making the playoff or to the championship game being undefeated for the UCF team who self-proclaimed national title, we've got to put them in for them. So, they, they're in now. I say all this, Cincinnati is very, very good. They have great athletes on offense. They have great athletes on defense. Coach Fickle has got that team rolling. Good team. They're heading into the Big 12. I believe they will compete with the Oklahomas of that. But week in and week in, you're going to have to play like a Try to revamp Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Like, you're going to play these teams now week in and week out. You're not going to play some of these teams you have been playing, so we're going to see. But let's look at stats. Well, let's start with Cincinnati. Points per game. They average 39.2 points a game. They only give up 16. They get 428 offensive yards, 248 through the air, 180 on the ground. They give up 305 yards, 168 passing, 137 rushing. Pretty good numbers. Let's now let's look at Alabama. Alabama scores 42.2 points a game. They don't they give up 20, which is more than what they did last year. They get 495 yards a game, 347 through the air, 147 on the ground. They give up 306 yards per game, 222 through the air, and only 82 on the ground. So Cincinnati's pretty balanced. So Alabama's just gonna have to pick one to take away. If they're better at passing, they're trying to take that away. But Alabama thrives on taking away the runs. I think they're still going to focus on that. But by when you go by numbers, and people love numbers, I don't. 
it's an evenly matched team when you look at it statistically. Then you look at your last five opponents. Like I said, Cincinnati beat Tulsa, U.S. University of South Florida, SMU, ECU, and Houston. Alabama beat LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, Auburn, and Georgia. Alabama's playing tougher teams. So it just depends. You gave, Now here's where Cincinnati's going to run into some trouble. When you give Nick Saban time and you're not Clemson that they're playing, he gets time to really dissect what you do. Because that coaching staff works from 5 a.m. to like midnight, not saying Cincinnati's don't, but we've all read on how Alabama coaches and how they work. So, you give Nick Saban time to really dissect what you do on offense. You give them time to really dissect what you do on defense to attack you with the guys that they have. That's where Cincinnati's going to come into some trouble. But Cincinnati could come in and say, we're going to play freely. Nothing's going to bother us. We're in the playoff. Or are they going to let the pressure of, we are the first non-Power 5 to make it. Are we going to let that pressure crumble us? Are we going to rise to the occasion? In order for Cincinnati to win this game, they're going to have to try to, they have to score every single time they touch the ball. And they have to hope and pray that, One of Alabama's offensive possessions, they fumble it, they drop a pass, you force them to punt on that drop pass. You have to hope and pray that something like that happens. And then you've got to score every single time you touch the ball. You have to sit there and say, okay, where's their quote-unquote weakness? Which, again, Alabama's weaknesses are other teams' full strengths. You have to look at and say, we need our offensive line to really attack their defensive line and their linebackers. And you just have to take what they give you. Now, how some teams have moved the ball in Alabama is up-tempo. So can they go up-tempo in Alabama to move the ball? Who knows? If they're practicing that, do they know something that I don't know? But I think they have to just take what they give them. They can't sit out there and force these passes. If it's second and eight, you call a pass and you throw the ball and you only get three yards, that's what you're going to have to take. And you just have to nickel and dime. You're going to have, like I said, you're going to have to try to score, whether it's field goals or you do get the touchdown. You're going to have to try to score every time you touch the ball, and you got to hope and pray that your defense causes a drop pass. Maybe one of the guys fumbles. You have to have Alabama make a mistake, which they don't do very often. But you kind of have to hope and pray that is. And I think you have to try to make one or two more plays than them on special teams. Now, for Alabama to win, just do what they do. You gotta, if you're on offense, big explosive plays to take the the wind, the air out of the sails of Cincinnati. You've got to control the line of scrimmage, and you gotta let Bryce Young do his thing. And on defense, you just have to keep them in front of the speed that they have on Cincinnati. Keep them all in front. Uh, don't get way too exotic with coverages, I guess. I'm not trying to tell Nick Saban what to do, but like, just let those guys play. It seemed like they just played against Georgia, and they just came out and hit. They came out and did good things. That's what they have to do. So I am taking Alabama. I think it's 13 and a half. You've got to take that. I think they're going to win by 13 to 17, 20 points. Sorry, Cincinnati. You made it. Great. 
but you got to be careful what you wish for. Great season. It comes to an end today. Alabama will head to the national title. The next game went a little too long on that one, but as you can tell, since I like Alabama, but I also will tell you when Alabama is right for the losing. But then our next game is Georgia versus Michigan. Georgia has had a fantastic year. They've had a quote-unquote historic uh, defense. Uh, They lose to Alabama in the SEC title game. Uh, That's been their Achilles heel has been Alabama. Then they're going to play the Michigan Wolverines, who is the first time they're appearing in the the college football playoff. Jim Harbaugh and his team go to 12-1. They win the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State, finally. Uh, they make it to the college football playoffs. Some things had to happen for them. They're, they're ranked number two in the nation right now, and they just had a good year. Their offense has picked up. Their defense, ha- uh, their defensive line and linebackers have played a lot better. Their whole offense have taken a step forward. Seems like Jim Harbaugh is taking a step back and just kind of being the CEO and letting guys coach and do their thing, and he's kind of just the overseer, making sure things just rolling like a well-oiled machine. And ever since he's done that, they have done fantastic Uh Right now, Georgia is predicted to win, you know, by 66.5%. Um, Over-under is Georgia minus 7.5. So let's talk about Georgia first. So Georgia has had a historic – we'll talk about numbers. Let's do numbers. Okay. Let's talk about Georgia. Georgia averages 39.4 points a game. They only give up 9.5 points a game. They get 442 yards a game. Uh, 247 through the air, 197 on the 194 on the ground. They only give up 253 yards a game, 172 through the air, and 81.7 rushing yards a game. Their last five. Now pay attention to this: Missouri, Tennessee, CHSO, which Charleston Southern, I believe, Georgia Tech, and then Alabama, who they lost to. Michigan. They beat Indiana, Penn State, Maryland. Ohio State, and then Iowa in the Big Ten title. So Georgia. Georgia has had a historic defense numbers-wise. They do score points on offense this year. They can pass the ball, running it pretty well. Uh, Bennett, good year, uh, 2,325 yards passing, 24 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Uh, They're running back – has a uh, Z White has 135 carries, 718 yards, and 10 touchdowns. So I mean, pretty good. Uh, Georgia has just been a very balanced offense. They've had a historic defense. Now, here's where you look at who they've played, and does that rank in this historic defense? And you have to be the judge. I can't tell you otherwise. Besides, at the time throughout the season, I was on the board of saying Georgia is very, very good. Georgia is. It does have an extort defense. We only give up, I think that was about six or seven points, and it got bumped up to the 9.5 because of Alabama scoring 41. I watched that game versus Clemson at the beginning of the year. That's a great win, even though Clemson has had a down year. Clemson was number three in the nation at the time. But Clemson took a downhill turn. I believe they beat Iowa State in their bowl game. They beat them only 10-3. to so the defense showed up. Then he, we we all, even myself, started to question the offense. But here's their schedule. Yes, they're in the SEC. But there are bad teams in the SEC as well, just like every conference. Every conference. So they beat Clemson. Then they play UAB. Okay. Then they beat play South Carolina in the SEC, but 
are they really an SEC school? They probably should go to the ACC. Then they play Vanderbilt. Yeah, we know that. They probably don't deserve to be in the... They probably don't deserve to be there. Okay. Then they play Arkansas. And this is where I go back to the Alabama of who they played and whatever. Alabama only beat Arkansas by seven. Georgia beats Arkansas 37 to nothing. So that's kind of where this comes in. Then they beat Auburn. 34 to 10. Again, going back to Alabama comparison. Then they beat University of Kentucky, 30 to 13. Beat Florida, 34 to 7. So they had this, they started off hot, you know, with Clemson. Then they've got this string of quote unquote like easy games with UAB, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Then they go through a meat grinder of Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, and Florida, and they take care of business. Then they go back to a little bit of a cupcake slash tough of Missouri, who was in the Big 12, probably should be a Big 10 school, but they go to the SEC. Sometimes they upset some teams, but I think they don't need to be there either. Then they play Tennessee, who you know is going through the scandals and stuff, but I think Tennessee was much better this year, but they beat Tennessee. Then they get Charleston Southern, I believe, at CHSO. Beat them really good. Then they play George Tech. Why the hell are you playing George Tech? I know it's a rivalry, but that needs to go away. Then you lose to Alabama. So then after they play Alabama and lose to them, then then it started to be questioned about their schedule. They went through that meat grind, but they had some easy games. But you're, what, what they were doing to those teams is what they're supposed to do. They took care of business. So then it became who had the tougher schedule. Was it Alabama? Was it Georgia? Who knows? So was Alabama like the first real team they've played? Debatable um, of who's, you know, ready to play. But so that comes into question of Georgia's schedule. I think it's a tough schedule, but yeah. So they played that kind of schedule. They lose to Alabama. Alabama came ready to play. Georgia's defense gave up the big plays because Alabama can't make those big plays. Um, and it's, again, it's Nick Saban versus a coach that he worked for, or they used to work for him. Jimbo Fisher finally got him. But I think it's different when you have Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, who were defensive guys who worked together. They kind of know how each other thinks, but Nick Saban's always a step ahead. And I think they were just pumped up for that game, ready to go. Um, and they understand. So that came into question of Georgia's schedule. So then we head over to Michigan. So we talked about Michigan's numbers. So if you want to compare schedules, Georgia's is probably tougher, but let's just look at Michigan. Michigan starts off the year with Western Michigan. Beats them pretty good like they're supposed to. Then they beat Washington. Washington had a horrible year this year, but at the time probably scheduling them because this is years in advance. Washington has been a good football program, and it probably was at the time. Then they beat Northern Illinois like they're supposed to, and then they beat Rutgers. Then Wisconsin, which I said going through the year, Wisconsin was going to bounce back, and they did, so that's a good win. Then they beat Nebraska. They beat Northwestern. Then they play Michigan State, and they lose to Michigan State, who up and down. But Michigan State was ranked in the college football playoff at one time. Then they go on a nice little run. They beat Indiana. Then they beat Penn State, who beat Auburn. So that's a good win. Beat Maryland. And then the the game, they showed up and beat Ohio State, which they needed to. And they show up, and they dominate an Iowa team who had been inconsistent, but had been a good team. They were on track to win the Big Ten themselves. So I think Georgia's had the better schedule, but Michigan has played a lot better this year, like I've said. So the debate of Georgia's schedule is up, you know, it's whatever, whatever you want to think about it. Um, I think 
it's an argue, there is a point to be made if Alabama had the tougher schedule, if Georgia had the tougher schedule. They've had a tougher schedule over Michigan. But Michigan has taken care of business when they need to take care of business. Um, again, we're in a new age of college football where you've got the transfer pool and you've got players going to different schools. So some schools that normally don't compete are starting to compete. Not necessarily winning, but they're competing, they're winning. So this is going to be a good game. Uh, you know, some people think that Georgia's going to come out and just absolutely wallop Michigan. I I don't see that happening. Now, if uh, Georgia had beat Alabama, yes. But now you've allowed Michigan to see the tape from Alabama, what Alabama did to Georgia to win. Not saying that's going to let Michigan win, but it allows them to see how to do that. So I think it's just going to be a hard-hitting game because Michigan Michigan can do both. They can run the ball or they can pass. Watching their offense, and I would love to get all 2022 film on their hint, hint anybody has and let me know. Their formations, you know, they'll go in shotgun and they get a guy with his hand in the dirt as an H-back, like old school, like a fullback just from a shotgun perspective. They'll run their GT stuff. They run power. They'll run zone, and they're good at it. They have a good running back, and they're able to run. But McNamara's also passed the ball pretty well because that's how they started, I believe. They started to pass or run the ball, and then they started to figure out, okay, we can also pass it. So they started to pass a lot more. So I think Michigan's not going to be afraid of Georgia. Georgia's going to come hard on them, but Michigan's offensive line has played phenomenal this year. So I think it's going to be – a battle in the trenches. I, I you know if if they can give McNamara time to throw, he's going to make the throw. If they can get three to five yards a pop on a run, they're going to be fine, and they're going to be able to move the ball. Georgia, their offensive line's got to come up and play because Michigan's defensive line has played well. You saw them in full force against Ohio State. The way they were able to get pressure on them, the way they were able to stunt, the way they were able to control the line of scrimmage. This is going to come down to the trenches because quarterbacks are going to get theirs. Wide receivers are going to get theirs. But if they can get time from their offensive line, they can push people around from either side. It's just going to come down to the trenches, and it's going to come down to linebackers, and it's going to come down to who's meaner. So the H-backs, the linebackers, the linemen, that's what it's going to come down to. And it's going to be a hard-hitting football game, and it's going to be fun. I don't really see one team bidding the other by 14 points. Like I think Alabama will to Cincinnati. This is going to come down to whose offensive line is ready to play, whose defensive line and linebackers are ready to play, and then the chess match begins. Who's going to be able to make those tweaks? You can't make huge adjustments during the game. You can't make huge adjustments at halftime. Who is going to come up and make that? Who's going to be able to do that? Is it going to be Kirby Smart and Munkin on the offense, or is it going to be Jim Harbaugh and his staff coming in? It's going to be a fun game. Ultimately... It's hard for me. I would love to see Michigan win because everything that Jim Harbaugh's had to go through, you start to root for him a little bit. I was rooting for Michigan big versus Ohio State. But you would sit here and think that Georgia just has the tougher schedule to get them ready. They are now pissed off after losing to Alabama. I feel like we're going to see an Alabama-Georgia rematch. But I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it's Michigan. I think Michigan deserves to win a college football playoff game. I think Jim Harbaugh really needs it. But I think Georgia will win, but it will be a closer game than expected. I think we'll see some points scored. 
but it's going to be a hard-hitting football game. It's going to be fun. I think you're going to see Georgia win. We're going to get Alabama-Georgia rematch, and it's hard to beat a team twice, so that game's going to almost be more exciting than it was in the SEC one. Uh, but it's going to be exciting. Um, so that wraps that up. We will uh, hope everybody, there will be no podcast, of course, on January 1st. Hopefully everybody has a safe New Year's Eve. I know where we are. We're about to have a winter storm tomorrow, so lots of snow. Hopefully enjoy everybody enjoys a happy new year as we head into 2022. Uh, be safe out there. Enjoy college football today in the playoff. Enjoy New Year's Day's Bulls tomorrow. Uh, be safe. Don't drink and drive and all that stuff. Be smart. Uh, Ubers are your friend. So do that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, go check out all the other episodes. Uh, like and subscribe. Follow the podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be on the lookout because there might be a new YouTube channel starting We'll see. Um, so do all that. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Check out ColorCast and everything. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, and until next time, this has been Coach Steve. Another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. And we are out of here and we will see you in 2022. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.